Well, it's Miracle Sunday. Turning point. You're giving away all my, my secrets, babe. What's going on? I, my, my sledging secrets. David Crowder leaned over to me and said, you did that to me in table tennis and, and called it and beat me. And I'm like, thank you, David. Now my secrets are getting out. It does feel like that kind of day. It feels like, I said to Danielle over breakfast this morning, it feels like a day that we had in our church uh, over a decade ago, more, probably 15, no, 17 years ago, where, where we'd been trying as a church, we had maybe 170, 180 people, so it's like uh, we're about 1,150 people in our church right now, but at that point, we we're trying to get out of the Kiwana Community Center where we were setting up and packing down every week into the green building, a building on Main Drive that the Kiwana Baptist are in right now. We were trying to get into that building. Uh, there was a guy there, and I remember this. His name was James. He's a panel beater. And we'd, we'd found the building years earlier, and then we decided that we've got to get a permanent presence. We've got to get somewhere uh, so we're not in this set-up, packed-down sort of zone. Uh, it's like every, every Sunday morning you'd come in, and someone had had a party the night before. You'd literally be cleaning up all sorts of things that I won't describe right now. But it just wasn't the right place to be in week in, week out. And so we're praying for this place. We talked to the owner of the green building. We said, hey, we'd love to rent this facility. It's perfect for a church. And he goes, sure you can, but I've got a long-term lease with a panel beater. So we started to visit James the panel beater. And he, he humored us. We're like, mate, would you like to move out? He goes, no, I've got a long-term lease. We're like, that's fine. So we began to have nights of prayer, half nights of prayer on the other side of the road on Lake Kiwana. And we would stand there and we would prophesy. I think we even laid hands on the building and declared it's our building in the night and then we go back and see James James uh, we'd love to have this building can we find you somewhere can we help you relocate and he goes no I'm not moving so then you know the story some of you know the story because we're we're that crazy church we're those crazy people who believe when God give us a promise and say some things that we just take crazy steps of faith and literally for about two years one one whole year pretty much I preached about Isaac digging the wells that his father had dug and there was the contention of the enemy but he kept he kept um, believing God for miracles and so we're, I'm teaching the church faith uh, at this very this sort of stage and, and we keep going back and then we say uh oh you know what, why don't we just take another step of faith? Why don't we just get the place, a, a seek council and get it as a material change of use so it can become a place of worship, so it's ready for us to move. So I'm like, James, hey, mate, would you mind, I know you don't want to move, but just in case you did, could we put a sign out the front of your panel beating business uh, and have an application for three months with council to change it to a place of worship in the off chance that you ever move? Just humor us. He goes, fine, I'm not moving, go for it. So we did it because we take steps of faith. And then we, then we decided in June about maybe 17 years ago, it would have to be, I, hey, let's, let's take another step of faith. Uh, there's no signs that he's moving. Uh, the council thing's going quite well, but why don't we take up an offering? Why don't we take up an offering to fit out that building as a church as soon as we get it and we can move in? And so we did because we're crazy faith people. We took up an offering, I think with about 170, 180 people, it was about uh, $240,000 was given over a 12-month period for this fit out. But something happened in that miracle Sunday 17 years ago as we bought, we bought our offerings to God, we bought our faith to God, we took a step and something happened and it was like literally within weeks, he's like, 
Oh, okay, I'll move. We're like, awesome, we've got a team ready to go. Guys just moved in, got moved all his stuff out, helped him, we gave him some relocation costs, and we had a, we had a dedication service in that building, uh, literally in the back of, of Utes, as guys still, there was still panel beating stuff there. We're like, we got it, God did a miracle, and I've got to tell you, church, it feels like a deja vu moment all over again right now. It feels like this Miracle Sunday is releasing something spiritually, by the, by the Spirit of God. And I want us just to watch a little video here. It's our Vision Builders clip with our Vision Builder directors, David Marina, and a prophecy from Pastor Phil. Fantastic, fantastic. So that's what Miracle Sunday is. At the end of this service, we'll be receiving up offerings and pledges for the next 12 months uh, towards current and future facilities. And 10% of that is going towards our Melbourne East Church plant, which uh, we'll be sending, we'll be commissioning Dan and Ebony on the last Sunday of August and sending them off uh, into, the, into an exciting new venture for us as a church. Uh, so that, that's part of, one of the great things that happened with that green building miracle, we call it the green building miracle, is it wasn't just us getting into that building, it became the catalyst spiritually for an unbelievable season of growth where we uh, had about a hundred, like we more than doubled, so it's two and a half times in the next three years. And I believe that's part of what's happening in the spirit right now as we, as we uh, give today and we step into the future. All right, last week I shared uh, the vision of our church, the kind of church that we believe God's called us to be, uh, a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed, a church that's across Australia, across 10 different locations, a church that's large and influential, a church that releases entrepreneurs and influencers into every sphere of society, a church of radical healings, a church that is, is impacting our community week in, week out, that kind of a church. I talked about the, the facilities and the future facilities that we're believing God for today some of the, the stories of the miracles that we've already experienced. And I encourage you, if this is your home church, um, just this week, go, go back and have a listen so that you're up to speed with where we are in our journey and where we're going together. But two of the things I shared that, that are really pertinent today is this. The first thing I want us to be really clear is we're talking about buildings and finance and, and, and money and, and future facilities and our dream of a, of a multi of a multi-purpose, uh, nationally significant landmark church facility on Power Road. We're talking about those things, but I want us to be clear about this. Firstly, the buildings and finances are a resource that we use to fulfill our vision of building a church where Jesus is glorified and lives like Doug and Joe's are transformed. They're not the end goal. They are the tool for fulfilling our mission. Uh, that being said, there is something spiritually significant about a church or a Christian buying land, building buildings, buying houses. It's part of the Abrahamic covenant where God said to Abraham, I will give you and your spiritual ancestors land. That's why the devil opposes it, because it's spiritually significant. So that's what we're part of and what we're, what we're involved in. I was thinking about this this week, some, some probably in about 20 years' time. Uh, Danielle and I will hand this church over to somebody. Someone will become the leader of this church. I'll sign off the board uh, of, of being part of this church. I won't have any financial say in the future of this church. I imagine that we'll have $30 million worth of property uh, at the disposal of that future board. And I will step back a, a happy man having... having uh, carried a vision for almost 40 years and cast a vision and released what God's called us to do. But at the end of the day, they, they're not my buildings. 
They're God's buildings. They're not for me. They're for my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. They're for future generations. And I want to ask us this morning, what's your why? I asked this question last week and on your seat's a piece of paper. But why would you be a vision builder? I know I'm a vision builder. Probably the number one reason that I'm a vision builder is because of, of stories like Doug's here this morning. I look around this room and this place is filled with transformed lives. People who either got born again in this church, came back to Christ in this church, got on fire for God in this church, discovered your purpose in this church, you did the growth track, you've worked out where where you fit and people who have seen God bring transformation into your life. That's why I'm a vision builder. Uh, Maybe you're a vision builder for that. Maybe it's for future generations. Maybe it's for your kids and family to have a place to meet Christ, a building which we're renting right now or ultimately a permanent facility that we're not renting anymore but we're paying off ourselves maybe that's your why maybe your why is you know what's changed in your life you know what God's done you know someone went before you and paid for a chair and, and paid for the facilities and put aircon in this place and your life has been transformed and now generations after you, their life is gonna be, you might be the first Christian in your family and as a result of what's happened, a generation's lives are gonna be changed and as a result of that, you, you're saying, well, my why is I wanna pay it forward. What someone did for me, I want to do for the next version of me who's coming in afterwards. There's all sorts of reasons, but it's important to know your why because I'm asking you if this is your church to be a vision builder with a clear why in your heart, but then to make a sacrifice because there's no one in here who's going to be able to go, oh yeah, at a spare 100K, thought I'd just chuck that in. And if you do, we'll take that. That's all good. That's awesome. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying the reality for most of us is there's a sacrificial component to giving. I've got lots of vision. I've got vision for our budget. I've got vision for our finances. I've got vision for our family. I've got vision for holidays. I've got vision for a new, all sorts of different things at our home. But what I've, what I've found out, and I, this is how God works, is sacrifices is giving up something that I love for something that I love all the more. And I know, and I said this last week, we've had seasons without, where we've said no clothing budget for this year, no takeaway budget for the, no holiday budget for this year, because I'm ma- we're making a statement, we're sacrificing for something we believe in. And nothing significant is done on planet Earth without sacrifice. Things don't just come on a platter. It takes a company of people who go, well, I'm all in. I see what we're doing here and I'm sacrificing as part of that. And then the third thing is this, What are you believing for? And that's on this little thing to fill out and think about today and as we've been praying this week. I I wanna speak a little bit into this. As I sow, what am I believing for? I wanna speak to this because I grew up as a church kid and as a church kid, I had no problem with giving. My parents were were, were generous. They they would give to missions. They were missionaries, were involved in church. Uh, Giving was not a challenge for me uh, in in my own thinking. Now, you might might not be a church kid or your, your world might be, actually, I've come from the world's thinking where money is my identity and where my possessions define me and my income is a status symbol, and what I drive is, is, is my security and how much I've got for a rainy day. That, that, that's, that makes, I put my trust in that, and God's, God's way is, is somewhere in between. It's not that I trust or find my security in my money, and it's not, that I, it's not that I just give and can't enjoy it, it's that I see Him as my heavenly Father and it's all His, and He's got a unique way of doing money that the world doesn't teach, and often the church hasn't taught because of wrong mindsets and poverty spirits. 
And so I, I've come and I've been on a 25-year journey and I, I'd like to fast track you through my journey so that you can skip some of the stages I've had so that we can understand the Bible and His principles around finances. So I want to share just three things this morning because I don't want you just to sow and not believe for something. I want you to believe for something and I'll tell you why. Are you ready? Three things, three thoughts. The first one is God by His very nature is a provider. By His very nature. It's His name. It's so much who He is. It's the Hebrew names of God, there's multiple. One of them is Jehovah Rapha, I am the God who heals. God, it's in His nature to heal. Then He provided for it through Jesus at the cross, and then it's accessed through faith, okay? That's, that's God's nature, He's a healer. But by God's nature, He's a provider. Jehovah Jireh, I am the one who provides for you. If you read through the scripture time and time again, you'll find God being a provider. You'll find God sending manna from heaven to his people. You'll find God uh, sending Kentucky Fried Quail from heaven. Come on. You'll find, you'll find God getting water coming out of a rock. You'll find God sending Jesus and his first miracle is turning water into wine. Uh, no, for no spiritual reason except it was obviously the year of the party. Obviously, that's what was going on. Jesus did a provision miracle as his first miracle. Then he fed uh, 5,000 men and all their kids and wives once. And then just to make sure we got the message that he's a provider, he did it with 4,000 guys and their ch children and wives. And he, and he just, he blessed them because God's a provider. It's in his nature. Now, you might not have experienced him like that yet because maybe nobody told you that that's what he's like. And if you don't think that's who he is, you don't ask from him because you're not aware of his nature, but it's his nature. Danielle said, she let my cat out of the bag a little bit earlier. I'm competitive. It's in my nature. It's not something I need psychological treatment for. Thank you very much for those who'd like to fix it. It's just part of my wiring. Uh, it took me quite a while to work out you need to actually let your kids win some games to build their self-esteem. I didn't realize that. I was just like... What? Okay, all right, okay. So, so, so I've had uh, people come to church, uh, from church to, for, to our place to play cards or table tennis or something, and they're like, oh, we're going to play games with Pastor John, it'll be so sweet. And then they're like, what the heck, who is he? And then even more so, who is she? Because she got the same gene. We got the competitive, uh, it's, and you know what? I love it. Like, I, I love it. I love competitiveness. I love the game. I love it when someone's up for it. I love the sledging. I love the feeling of, of, of competing because it's in my nature. And God's nature is a provider. And He loves it when you ask Him to provide. He's like, oh, I'm glad they worked out I'm a provider. I'm glad they worked out that's my nature. I want them to, to tap into that aspect of who I am because He's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. So don't let any religious spirits come and make you think, oh, no, 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 just enough. He, he just wants you to have just enough to get by because if you don't have enough, if, you, if you've just got just enough, it'll keep you humble and it'll build your character. But that's not how God works. When you read the Bible, poverty is actually a curse. It's a curse from the devil. Jesus came to break poverty poverty off you. He came with good news for the poor. One is that you could be saved, but two, that God would get you out of that poor state. That's what good news for the poor is. The Bible tells us at the cross, Jesus became poor so that we might become rich. It's part of the nature of God. Now you can shut that part down if you want, 
but it won't please him. Religious people think that if I shut down the provider part of God and I don't draw on that, somehow that'll impress God and it'll make me more holy. But actually, that's the doctrine of demons, Paul says to Timothy, that makes you think going without. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not preaching my message. I'm just giving you freebies here this morning. That's just, that's this thing that I had to get free from. And so God's not just a provider. He's an abundant provider. Abundance is God's signature over your life. More than enough is the way God works. When he turned the water into wine, it wasn't cast wine. It had gold stars all over it. It was, the, it was the best type of wine. They were surprised that he kept it till last. When he, when he multiplied the fish and the bread, at the end, there was 12 baskets left over. 12 baskets, because God's a God of more than enough. Not just enough, more than enough, abundance. I think he wanted the disciples, because there was 12 of them, after they saw the miracle, and, and they'd said, oh, God, there's, there's too many people here, send them away. And Jesus said, no, watch. Jehovah Jireh at work right now. He wanted them to carry their 12, but they all have a basket going, I can't believe that. There's more than enough. There's more. He's the God of more than enough. It's his nature. He's a God. Abundance is his signature and he's a provider. Now, once you work that out, I'm blowing some of your mind right now because in your, your religious experience, you're like, no, 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 he, he's, he's not El Shaddai, he's El Cheapo. You heard them talk about the poor old church mice. They're as poor as a church mice. Why did the poor church mice get the rap of being the poor ones? That's not the way God wants it to be. He wants prosperity and abundance in his people. Now, here's, here's how you get to that place. Psalms tells us this in Psalm 35, verse 27. It says, let, let them magnify. Here we go. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Why would they shout for joy and be glad? who favor my righteous cause. That's people who like, there's a righteous cause that God's got and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be all about that righteous cause. Can I just say for a moment, sometimes what happens, God does a great work in our life. He gets us out of the pit. He gets us up and away and we're, we're starting to move forward and then we forget that it was God. And we begin to think, no, now I'm going to do things my own way. Don't forget where you've come from, what he's delivered you out of, and be part of paying it forward. That's the righteous cause. Those who favor the righteous cause, those vision builders in the house, uh, let them continually say, get this, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. When you align your life and finances to the righteous cause of building the church, of advancing the kingdom of God, of helping the poor, when you, when you align your life to that, you can say, your, your Father in heaven's like, I'm pumped about them prospering. I like it. I like blessing them. I like my kids getting blessed. Their, their motives and focus is right. They're seeking first the kingdom. Therefore, I'm gonna add things to them because that's part of my nature that now they're starting to tap into. Can I help you today start to tap into the nature of God? He wants to be your provider. All right, that's, that's number one. Number two, if we understand that, we understand, we understand this, that sowing and reaping is his strategy. Sowing and reaping is his strategy. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So we, we understand this. The tithe is the biblical principle that the first tenth of every bit of increase that comes into my life, wages, 
profit from sale on things, profit from business, all the increase, the tithe, God says it's all mine, but I would like you to return the first tenth to the house of God, to the local church, not to missions, not to charity, but to, to the church you're part of. That's my strategy for funding the house of God. So br- bring your tithe back to the house. Okay, understand this. I, you won't find me saying, give your tithe, because it's not yours. If I grabbed Josh's watch and gave it to Dan, it wouldn't be me giving it, would it? Because it's his. So you can't give your tithe to God, because it's his. You can only return the tithe to God. Otherwise, the Bible says you're robbing God. So when you rob God, it starts to burn a hole in your pocket and everything starts going wrong at home because I'm hanging on to something that's God's. So when I, bring the t- when I return or bring my tithe to the house of God where my spiritual home is, then what happens is God says, awesome, now I'm gonna bring protection over your life. I'll rebuke the devourer of your life. I'll put protection over your life. I'll replace that 10%. I'll find a way to, ble- to, to look after you. That's the tithe. It's a principle of stewardship. It's not a principle of generosity. It's a principle of stewardship. Once you, once you realize it's all God's. To me, one of the great breakthrough moments in a new Christian's life is when, not, when they get water baptized and then when they begin to tithe. Because when I begin to tithe, I'm saying my whole seven days a week now is submitted to God because I'm returning the first tenth of all that I earn during those seven days, not just my Sundays. Oh man, I'm way off my notes here today, but that's okay. All right, so sowing and reaping is the, is the principle of, of what I sow and this is in the context of giving. This whole chapter of Paul's writing in Corinthians is giving. What I sow, God will multiply back to me. Let's, there's a, a couple of verses later, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians uh, 9. I think it's 9 or 10. I, I gave it to the guys earlier. Let's put it up. Verse 10. Now may he, this is God, big H, who supplies seed to the sower. So if you're a giver, God will find a way to get seed to you. Okay, he'll supply seed for the cell and bread for food. He'll also, because when, when you're uh, growing wheat, you, you, you grow it, there comes the seed, you can then turn that and you can make it into bread or you can sow it again. And every one of us have a choice. God's way of getting ahead financially is not eating all the seed. It's using some of the seed to make bread and eat, but it's also to sow again so that God's got something to multiply back to us. That's the way the kingdom works around finances. So have bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you're sown. So God's a multiplier. And I love this last bit, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. There's a few things going on here. One is as I sow seed, I, I, I reap a harvest for me to live off. That's my bread. As I sow seed, God multiplies that seed so I can keep sowing more seed. That's how increase comes in my life. And then the fruit of my righteousness is actually the fruit of transformed lives. My righteous giving creates kingdom fruit. So Paul says, when they're giving to him, he says, hey guys, I don't actually need the money, but you know what I want? I want the fruit that abounds to your account. In heaven, you've got an account. There will be rewards in heaven. And the fruit of your account is based on where you sow the seed and the fruit that comes out of the seed. Some of you are going to walk into heaven and God's going to go, massive mansion over there for you. You're like, what? That's, what's that for? And he'll go, well, you're part of C3 Powerhouse. 
and there was so much fruit of lives saved and people transformed. And you'll go, oh, but, but, but I, did, I didn't give that much. Other people gave way more than me. He'll go, no, 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 you sowed what I asked you to sow because you sowed what I asked you to sow. The fruit is abounding to your accounts in heaven. It's not equal giving. We're not going through, it's not a matter of, oh, every, are we all giving a certain amount? It's just equal sacrifice. Equal sacrifice and obedient giving is where blessing comes. So sowing and reaping is his strategy. God's a provider, but sowing and... So some of you, uh, you're, you're right now in a financial hole. And you're like, how the heck do we get out of this financial hole? Uh, our vision builder directors, when they came to this church, they're telling me in the first year, they were $50,000 in personal debt. Uh, how many years ago was that, David? Six years ago. They came to this church the first year. And then they began to hear teaching about their mindsets. They began to talk with people in this church about needing to be wise stewards, needing to be careful with debt, uh, but also needing to activate faith, needing to learn to pray and making sure that you're a tither, but, but giving God something to multiply back, not ridiculous amounts, but something. Six years later, here they are in their own home, debt fr- uh, personal debt free, giving significant amounts, thousands and thousands of dollars in division builders, a six-year turnaround. I want a turnaround for some of you here today. You're in a hole financially. You're in personal debt. And here's what you need to know. Number one principle is tithe. And then just give God something to multiply back. Some of you might have to have this year might be your stuff you devil, $5 a week giving. I'd love to give $100 a week, but I can't because I'm going to be a wise steward. But I'm still going to sow because I understand my sowing gives you something to multiply back to me. You're a sower. Once you're a sower, you're in the game of increase. Once you're a sower, you start to access God as a provider. Just want to help some people get out of that hole in Jesus' name. All right. And the third thing is here is this. Oh, I love this one. Faith is the climate for increase. It's the climate for increase. Now, I grew up in, in regional Victoria, freezing cold. And there was, there, you know, there was seasons. I know if you've grown up on the Sunshine Coast, you don't know what seasons are. But we had seasons. And there was trees that would grow, like poplar trees and willow trees and all sorts of different trees that would grow. And, and when, when we took Gemma to Canberra recently, she saw these trees with the, the leaves all falling off. She's like, the, the, the trees are dying. What's going on? That's because she's a Sunshine Coast girl. She hasn't experienced that. But that's because there's certain trees that flourish in that climate. You don't see a lot of poplar trees up here because it's a different climate. Uh, Correspondingly, you don't see mango trees in Victoria because there's a climate that mango trees flourish in. There's a climate that poplar trees flourish in. And what I'm talking about here, the, the, the principle of increase flourishes in a climate of faith, a climate of faith. You've got to have faith. This is what Galatians 6 verse 6 to 9 says this, that him who was taught the word, sharing all good things with him who teaches. So we're talking about giving. So therefore do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't let the voices in your head just say, oh, they're just all about trying to get money. Don't be deceived. Don't let that ridiculous internet blog that you read Mess your mind up about what the Bible actually says about finances. Don't, don't, don't take 20 years like me to get your head around it. Don't, don't waste your time any longer. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, it's talking about giving, 
he will reap. For he who sows to his flesh, so if you're just giving to things that will feed your flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, things that are spiritual, then you will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now watch this. But let us not grow weary while doing good. We're talking about giving right now. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. What I've realized often is sometimes people have a head knowledge that God's a provider. They have a head knowledge of sowing and reaping, but their experience is different and therefore they don't have faith for it. And what they need to do is, they need some climate change, if you'll pardon the pun. They need to turn the heat up in their home around finances. I remember meeting a couple in this church, they're still in this church, but it would be 15 years ago, sat down in my office in the green building, we're leaving the church. Why are you leaving the church? Well, because you talk about tithing and giving and God prospering you, and it's not working for us. I'm like, okay. Just thinking there on my feet, praying away, going, all right. And, and the Holy Spirit prompted me, ask them how much prayer they do about that. So I just said, okay, so all right, how, what would your average amount of time per day specifically praying for financial increase be? And they looked at me like this. I'm like, well, you know, how do you build your faith? How do you get the climate of your home right? Because the seed multiplies and it grows in the right climate. And if you don't have an atmosphere of faith for this principle, it won't work. And they, they just went, and it was awesome. I was like, bing, I get it. We, we don't pray at all about this. We, we just thought we gave and that was it. And I'm like, no, no, you have to create the atmosphere of faith. If you've, if you've had disappointments and discouragement, you'll have to work quite hard at it. My own business, when I first began to do this, uh, I, 20 years ago, I began to learn about faith. We were going backwards three, five grand a month. We were running out of months. I knew the promises were that God wanted to give us a double portion, but I wasn't experiencing it. So I had to go to a deliberate thermostat moment of change the atmosphere in my life so that I created the climate for the principles of God to work because God's principles work in a climate of faith. So I deliberately, and, and it's not just a little bit, I had to work at it because fear and anxiety was gripping my heart. So I had to like double up on it. And so I made a decision. I'd go to my work every morning and for about 10 or 15 minutes every day, I'd go to my work. I would listen to some tapes. Let's call them podcasts. I would listen to some messages that had a spirit of faith on them because I needed a spirit of faith on me. Sometimes I'd listen to the same message over and over and over because it had a spirit of faith on it. And I, I needed to pull down fear and doubt and anxiety. And so I'd listen for about 15 minutes and then, because it was not just that, that just kick-started my faith. I, I realized I needed to borrow somebody else's faith to get my own atmosphere. And so then I'd stop and I'd begin to go to prayer. And I had a, a bunker in my, uh, in my business for mixing chemicals and I'd just get in that bunker and I'd just begin to go walk up and down and say, okay, the promises that you've given me, God, uh, I'm gonna have a double portion instead of shame and humiliation. You're gonna make this business successful. And I'll just give myself 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'd feel like a liar initially because nothing in the natural lined up with what God had told me. But that's actually how faith builds. Faith doesn't build by everything just falling into your lap. Faith builds by believing and declaring what God says 
in the opposition of what the devil's trying to do. And then, then here's the great thing. Once you get your first breakthrough, momentum starts to kick in. Momentum starts to kick in. And so I found God just turned my business around over a process of about eight months of every day going after my mindset and the climate. Some of you have got, especially where you've had setbacks, especially where you've been bogged in unbelief, especially when you've had discouragement after discouragement or you've got a mindset that's generational, you just got to go, well, maybe the next 12 months, you just got to every day go after God's truth that He's a provider, that He works by sowing and reaping, and that you need to create an atmosphere of faith around your life, and God will move in that. So I want to help us this morning as we come to give. And so this is, this is what we're looking to do. Something's going to shift this morning as we bring our tithes and offerings, our offerings, I'm sorry, our Vision Builders offerings. In a moment, we'll get some uh, containers out the front here. I'll get you to grab your Vision Builders brochure, which I've got to say looks particularly sexy this year. I really love these brochures. They look awesome. talk about in this vision builders brochure three levels of giving the army of faithful believers people between zero and 2499 ground takers between 2500 and 4999 a year vision investors over 5000 last year we had people who gave maybe $20 across the year up to people who gave up about 60,000 or plus over the whole year there's a whole variety of levels of giving in this church there's not one level it's not, it's not a matter it doesn't make your identity this is just some aspirational things for us to be aware of. And I want us to be praying right now. Okay, God, what do you want me to give? We find that when people say, okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to give um, a certain amount, but I'm going to make sure it's weekly, it's way more doable. Rather, or monthly, rather than I'm hoping it's going to, what did you say, babe? Parachute down. <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to parachute from heaven. No. God gives seed to the sower, but it's when we work with Him. So uh, we can bring those receptacles out. Do you like that, receptacles? Is there, a, yeah, that'll work, beautiful. I'm going to give you some time to write out that pledge card. And while you're preparing that uh, and writing that down and, and praying, let's just wait for a moment. We're going to hear a testimony. But I'm asking Holy Spirit, that in this atmosphere of faith, you'd speak to hearts. You'll talk to us about what seed to sow. The doors won't just open for the church, but they'll open for individuals. Doors in businesses, doors in careers, doors in terms of getting into houses, doors of investment, doors of increase will open right across this church. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. All right, you can begin to write that out. And while you're doing that, I'm going to ask Stephen and Robin Fredericks, would you come right now and uh, share with us a little bit of your Vision Builders journey right now. Thank you. Wonderful couple in our church. I love these guys. Yes, morning, everyone. Morning. We're just going to look at those three questions that are on that um, card. Uh, the first one, why are we vision builders? Well, we believe that the best thing that can happen in a person's life is to find God through faith in Jesus, to be born again, 
have their lives transformed. And this is from our own personal experience. Last year, we gave $4,000 into Vision Builders. We've been giving into this area for 10 years and we try to give a bit more each year. While we know that a person can find God in any of a thousand different ways, it is most likely to happen in a church such as ours, where an invitation is made every service and where evidence of lives changed by God is all around you. We're at a stage of our lives where our income depends, and our whole way of life really, depends on sound investment. And we regard investing in vision builders as one of the best investments you can make. What are we sacrificing? Uh, Find this hard question to answer actually. When we thought about it, we guess our sacrifice is in our lifestyle, we actually live quite simply. So it wasn't giving up like extravagant clothing budgets or big meals out or stuff like that, but we're happy the way we live. We live simply in day-to-day lives. I'm not a shopper, for which Steve says, thank you, Jesus. Um, (laughs) Can you pray for my wife? (laughs) (laughs) You're doing fine, Pastor John, you're doing fine. (laughs) We've tithed since we were born again in 1984 and given to love offerings and gifts above the tithe, and Vision Builders is one of these. Yet God has blessed us in countless ways, including financially. Historically, when the GFC hit, and we we, we were going to use this, I said to Steve, it's too old, but historically when the GFC hit in 2008, friends of ours lost 40% of their investments. We went down 17 and recovered really quickly. That's got to be God. Um, This is a bit naughty, but I remember in another Vision Builder season, you know, people were saying, you know, I prayed for a, got a job, I got a better job, I got more money, I went and asked the boss, and I was sitting in my connect group and said to my girls, but how's God going to bless us? We're on a fixed income stream, how's God ever going to do that? Boom. Within two weeks, I had a contract. Anne's nodding at me over there. I had a, a significant work contract. Amazing. That was my parachute, actually. Uh, yeah. Love it. It does happen. Um, yeah. Last year, we changed our investment platform. And as Steve said, that we gave that much money. Global events then just started, and I, I'm the one that checks it every week, on every month, down, 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 down. I'm thinking, oh, my God. But it's worked out okay. It's now gone back up to where it was, and so we'll Amazing. invest in Vision Builders again this year. Amazing. If you listen to God, you're obedient to him. He is the provider. So much of what you said this morning just resonated with me. If you're just obedient and make that a commitment, it's not if we can do it, just do it, and God will provide. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Okay, so for the third thing, as we sow, what are we believing for? Well, quite simply, we believe for many people to have their lives transformed, especially for us, our family members and friends who don't know Jesus or who are not walking close to him at the moment. In the past year, while we didn't see God do a, a mighty miracle in our lives, in our own lives, we did see answers to our prayers in the lives of our children. Our daughter and her family, they'd been looking and looking and looking for a bigger house in the same area that they lived in. They found a place, 
they put in the best offer of all the people who made offers, yet the guy wanted more money. He knocked them back. And then at the start of this year, they got a phone call. They'd already renovated their um, bathroom, did a magnificent job on it in their existing house because they thought they were going to be there a while. But they got the call saying, hey, that house is now available. The owner wants to sell it. They're more reasonable. Can you put in an offer? They said, well, yeah, okay, but it's, uh, it's going to be conditional on us selling our place and we're not going to offer you as much. Okay. But we prayed about it and it came about that they sold their place. At, you know, it was really getting down to the wire. They had to sell this, their place to sign up the new place and they'd received a couple of offers which were way under what they were hoping for and then at the last minute, this couple from the country looked at their house, decided this is just what we want, offered them 30000 more than that previous offer Amazing. that they nearly took. Amazing. And they, we helped them move into their new place so last good. week. So good. And, uh, yeah, it has been a real miracle. So we believe that God can even bless the next generation yes, who aren't doing the stuff themselves yes, except asking us to pray for them, yes. and uh, he can work that way, and, he, and he, he has. Very yeah. good. Thank you so much. Come on. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Hey, we're gonna, can we do the tag, just to, the one we did earlier? Thank you, because I really feel like God's on it. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, can I ask you, don't leave. Okay, don't leave. Even if you've given your offering, just because I feel like what we're going to do is we're going to bring our offerings out the front. I'm going to get our exec team out here to pray for people. Uh, just as you're bringing our offerings, it's a it's a moment. I know it's a holy moment. It's a sacrificial moment. But I want us to make sure we add faith to the atmosphere right now. Let, let's let's turn the climate up right now in your life and our church's life. That as we're doing this, doors are opening. Miracles are happening. Rainforest Drive is selling for $5 million. Power Road is coming to us for $8 million. Ceilings are breaking off the church and ceilings are breaking off your life. So if you've filled out your form and you're ready to go, you filled out your why, etc. why don't we stand together? We're going to sing while we're doing this, but can our exec team come and pick a bucket, a receptacle, begin to pray and Danielle... And uh, let's begin to bring those offerings out, put them in the, in the buckets here at the front, and let's sing this song. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Awesome. Come on, why don't we lift our hands together right now? Close your eyes. What is that thing that you're believing for as you're sowing right now? Just see it. See it in the Spirit. See God moving. See God acting on your behalf. See that seed being multiplied. Whether it's through financial miracles you're believing God for, turnarounds in businesses, your first house. Whether it's relational things being changed, things shifting, salvation of loved ones. See it happening right now. See miracles being released in this atmosphere right now. Father, you see faith. You're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Lord, in this place today, we see it. I want you with your eyes closed and your hands raised. Why don't you see us moving into Power Road 
our own facilities, world-class facilities. Imagine yourself driving there. Imagine yourself walking on to that campus, that location. Imagine you're dropping children off. Your grandchildren are there. You're in an auditorium. You're in the foyer. You're in the youth center. Imagine yourself there. Doors opening for the glory of God. Doors opening for the glory of God. Miracles, favor in every area of your life. Blessing, blessing. Thank your Holy Spirit. Thank your Holy Spirit. Father, right now we thank you. God, I'm so grateful for your love for us, for the vision that you've given us, and for every vision builder in this place. Lord, you see the sacrifice, you see the obedience, you see the faith. And I pray that this seed that's being sown will multiply back, multiply back to every person and every family. But Lord, even more than that, I pray that the fruit of this giving will be transformed lives. Life after life after life will be changed for the glory of God. Father, that you will open doors as you've prophesied. Open doors into our future facilities. We give you all the glory as we dedicate this offering to you in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give him praise. Give him a shout. Give him thanks.